listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 347. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss season two, episode eight of the YouTube science fiction series, Impulse. And back to work today for you, sort of. Uh, didn't have to leave your house, didn't have to put pants on, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have to put real pants on. I got my, my trusty sweatpants and my uh, my flannel pajama pants have been the the haute couture of uh the past couple weeks all right sounds good but uh you know on the one hand it's probably good to get back and touch base with the uh, other faculty members but i've been in enough meetings uh, as you were saying before we started recording y- yes folks there are such things as stupid questions yeah there are stupid questions especially well, you know yeah i mean i'm not to get into it but <laughs> but yeah, you know, you, you know, you just, it, it, you, I mean, obviously, again, I don't even think it's just education. It's just anytime anyone has a meeting anywhere, you know, there's the, you know, people who just ask questions just to, because they think that that's what they are supposed to do. I'm just going to ask questions. And you're just like that, that question isn't like that. She just answered that question or something like that or just. Or like, you know, like someone asked an AP question. You don't even teach AP classes. What do you care? So, well, yeah. I just, I would just like to know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So. But actually, it wasn't so bad. And you know, like you said, it was actually kind of nice to uh, see some of the people. It'll be better when we have our, our English department meeting is coming on Wednesday. Because, I mean, obviously, those are the people I'm closest with. And it'll be good to touch touch base with them again. So. Yeah, well, now that uh, well, at least one person that like to uh, talk a lot at the meetings is no longer there for the department, and I'm not talking about Chris Cates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cates was always holding up those meetings. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> all right, well, why don't we move on to the tip of the week and what we're watching, and uh, I'll go ahead and go first this time. I've checked out the first two episodes of Amazing Stories on Apple TV Plus, which mm-hmm. I know you don't have that channel. And uh, based on what I've seen so far, I would keep your wallet in your pocket. Um, <laughs> wow. But this I, is, it's not the old one, right? It's new ones? Well, it's new ones. I mean, I, I guess the idea is that they're rebooting the 1985 Spielberg version. And I, I guess I would just say, Michael and I are going to be covering these first two episodes on Sci-Fi Fidelity next week. It's clearly not aimed at viewers like us. And on the one hand, adults. On the other hand, serious science fiction genre viewers. Not that we don't like lighter fare. Obviously, we both love the librarians, but just so far i'm not sure what their target audience is it's just very disappointing i will say that i mean both episodes had certain things to like but at the end of the day i think they're gearing it more towards like 12 year olds right and 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 again if it's something mom and dad can sit down with the 12 year olds and watch i'm all for it but i'm not even sure yeah, <laughs> you want to do no, that? Well, that that's interesting because I mean, you know, I, you said it came out in '85. Yes. Okay, so I was probably like 14 when it came out. Um, I remember I loved it uh, back then, but it would be interesting to just even to go back and watch those episodes and see, you know, 
how you know from the the point of view of an adult now um what what i i thought of that but i it's funny you mentioned michael because i remember that you guys when you did you talked about amazing stories for some reason sci-fi fidelity i guess you're talking about um shows that like black mirror that have a different story every time yes and um and mike brought up the 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 one real the episode I really really liked and really uh, remember was the the guys in the in the airplane and the the guy in, is trapped in the the ball turret underneath and so they can't land unless you know because they'll they'll kill him he can't get out right and uh, so that one I I vividly remember that I and mean, I thought it was so funny. That that's the one Mike really chose to talk about. I was just like, "Oh my God, yes!" You know, so it was cool. Lots of memories, but it'd be interesting um, how it turned out. And you know, a lot of the sides when you take you know sentimental flights, and and probably the people who are making amazing stories now are probably guys and gals my age who love the original series. And so they said, "Let's let's go out and kind of recreate our childhood." But sometimes you just those things are just lightning in the bottle, you know. Yeah, and I'll just say showrunners and writers are different today than they were in 1985 and i'll i'll just leave it at that now okay uh the other thing and i can't say it's due to the coronavirus and the fact that you know i'm on house arrest because i'm pretty much on house arrest all the time by choice uh, but right, this, uh, this is really funny this has just kind of not really impacted you super much right like, no not a whole lot so uh <laughs> I started reading again, and, and I've okay. been reading some nonfiction baseball history stuff, but uh, I picked up a book called The Night Circus, which was gifted to me uh, a couple years ago by Aaron Morgenstern, and it turns out that it's a fantasy novel published in 2011 that follows two magicians engaged in a deadly competition while this mysterious circus kind of serves as a backdrop for the tale. And, and what's cool is each of them knows they're in a competition, but they don't know who the opponent is. They don't know what the object of the game is. They're just kind of flying blind. And this circus, it's only open from sunset to sunrise. And all the colors are just black and white. It appears in a town without notice, disappears without warning. We've got a nonlinear narrative, multiple points of view. It appears to take place in a version of Victorian London. So there's a lot of cool elements. I'm about 130, 40 pages in. So it's it's kind of picking up steam now, but it's pretty cool. So cool. it's called The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. All right, what yeah. you got? Well, yeah, and that is one of the the good things of well, I don't know, good things, but just one of the consequences of you know, our our new lives now is that um, leaves you a lot more time for reading, for sure. Um, but what it also has allowed me time for is to finally watch season four of The Expanse. So. All right. I still haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to really? it. Really? So no, no big spoil. I don't have Amazon, remember. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I, I was going to do a spoiler training. It was just really good. Uh, I possibly, I, I think my favorite season so far of The Expanse was 
season four. In fact, I would say The Expanse is a show that I feel like has kind of gotten better every year, which that doesn't often happen. But, no, it doesn't. Yeah, you know. But I don't. I don't. Again, that's just me. I, I didn't go back and watch the previous three seasons before I watched season four. Though after this, I might. I'm kind of thinking about maybe going back and rewatching because I mean, it's been a while. It started in 2016, and I haven't watched any of these seasons twice at all. But you just, you know, like you get right back into it. You remember the characters that you love, and and why you really like these characters. It's just such a well written show. And now, of course, Amazon, you can get it because I have a like a, a 4K HD, I don't know, whatever. But, you know, it's like in really very clear high def and it looks unbelievable. It looks great. It looks so good. Um, but, you know, that only goes so far. The, the acting, the writing, everything about it, super awesome. Um, you know, obviously, if you, you know, you're from season three. Um, with the ring now there's a whole new sets of worlds to deal with and what i like about the expanse is how it it deals with it's it's like you know i, I put you know air quotes a realistic science fiction show that it thinks about things like well if you already have a you know political situation where you have three different planets that are you know basically on the brink of war always and then all of a sudden you discover a whole new universe like well what happens then how, how do people deal with it how, how do regular everyday people react to that and like the very first scene we see refugees running the blockade to get through the ring and and just like you're like oh my god like that's that's totally speaks to our world today, you know, like, so I don't know, just yeah. a really awesome show. I uh, can't recommend it highly enough. It's fabulous. All right, cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's definitely on my radar. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get to that sooner or later. But well, uh, Dave, one thing you can do is you can get Amazon Prime. Uh, I know. I know. Well, you know what? Maybe if they get me my uh, order of toilet paper on Friday, the way they said they would, uh, well, if, if you, if you had Prime, it would get there quicker. Yeah, good point. So. And, dude, there's so much good stuff on there. Like, just, I would probably get it just for the video content alone. No, yeah. and, and that's why, because I really don't order much anymore from yeah. Amazon. But but uh, now, you might. Yeah. So. You might be ordering stuff a lot more. This might be the time to do it. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. All right, well, let's move on to Impulse Season 2, Episode 8 titled The Tether, written by John McCutcheon and Nicole Beckwith. Now, he wrote 104 Vita Moore and 202 Fight or Flight, and she wrote 203 for Those Lost, directed by Merzi Almos, who directed Fight or Flight, and she also directed the season one finale, New Beginning. So, uh, you know... That's a good way to put it. I think you just nailed it right there. Right, podcast over. Yep. So, all right, let's, let's go, go back and, and watch the expanse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, talk about Anna for a second. And she just can't let go. And I guess the only thing that I'm going to ask you to, to verify that I heard what I think I heard her father, who I get the impression is an ex cop himself. 
and he's there with her sister to help her pack because obviously she's been disgraced and fired and all that. But does he imply that she should have lied in the Ortez Mackey case simply because the young man was black? I I don't think he implies that. He pretty much directly tells her okay. that she should have lied, basically. Okay. And yeah, that's that whole conversation with her dad is like really just kind of like, uh, you know, like most of the time when you have the elder person dispensing wisdom, you're like, okay, yeah, that's good. I I agreed with almost nothing that he said. It's like, you should have lied in that case. Okay. Like, I didn't see him shoot, so, but I guess, yeah, I guess I should have lied. Um, and then, you know, basically follow your instincts when following your instincts is, you know, what got her fired here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess in part it explains the problems she's having coping with both incidents when this is the message she's receiving so i i still feel as an adult she you know needs to take responsibility for things that she does and things that she doesn't do but but still having a father like that but again i don't want to belabor the point because what does her story really have to do with the overall arc except that she finds out that lucas has admitted to killing bill and he's in jail right so what do so, we assume so much is gonna follow your instincts then you're right but what do we assume is going to happen she's gonna somehow she's gonna bust this case wide open dave's is what's going to happen i guess but she's first got to figure out a way to send her father and sister back on their way to wherever they came from and uh, you know because she is going to have to stay in Reston, one would think, to yeah. figure out what the hell's going on. But I guess we shall see. Now, Lucas, that's pretty interesting because when he's talking to Henry and Henry's asking him essentially to lie for her, which obviously comes on the heels of the little conversation we were just talking about with Anne and her dad, and he says, don't worry, I got this. There, you know, there's, I can make this all go away. You just need to trust me. I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't see him admitting to the murder of his father and putting an end to it. But because how does that put an end to it? You know, where's the where's the body? Um, I don't know. I just killed him. Like, stop asking me questions. <laughs> you know? Well, right. like for some reason, admitting that you killed it would be easier than him saying, yeah, I met my dad one time. He was alive. He left. I don't know where he was going. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Like, how how is that not simpler than saying I killed him? Right. Yeah. And despite their, I guess, ongoing conversations Fisher, who seemed to pretty much doubt everything Anna had told him about this whole case, now he's got a bug up his butt about it, and he's out at Thomas's house, and and it's clear he thinks something else is going on. And you know, maybe he got the blood report back that Bill's blood but, that was illegally taken, though. Like, well, well right, <laughs> but, it's, but like, it's also it, it's also easily explained. Well, Bill and the boys were over at dinner, and and you know he cut his hand, and you know that's that. 
Yeah, I don't or I don't know why his blood was on the floor. I didn't know that. If that's true, where where where'd you where'd you get this evidence from, by the way? Yeah. Now, could you the, could you send that to my lawyer? Could you? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> now the only thing that makes sense in, in all of this is that Lucas maybe feels at peace for Amos Miller's murder, that he knows he deserves to be punished. Right. And he maybe feels like, well, I'm being punished. Granted, it's not for the murder that I should have been punished for, but you know, murder's a murder. So perhaps he feels a little more at peace there. And we got to go back to what happened with him and Henry in last episode, where he feels as if he is doing something for this angelic creature. If he truly believes that's what she is. And it kind of seemed he did. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so while I said, why would he, tell the police that he he killed his dad when it's probably much easier, much easier to explain away by just saying, I met with my dad one time, he left, I don't know where he's going. But you nailed it in the head. Like obviously that look on his face is one of, of contentment. Right. He is is he he's been you know, he's he's been a a soul that has been struggling with so much guilt that now he is finally able to 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 commit his penance and to you know atone for what he's done and like you said even though it's not the murder that he committed that he's you know paying the price for the fact that he is being punished is bringing in some balance and some peace of mind yeah now the other thing that's interesting is that henry apparently calls him so that they can meet and, and and of course they meet at the dealership and while we've seen henry use people and and that's a a topic that comes up in the uh confrontation she has with jenna at at the uh dinner implosion that we'll get to in a, a little while even she can't imagine this is what he plans to do but i think she's probably okay with it if it gets fisher off the trail of, of bill boom but like you said at some point fisher's not a dope okay you killed your father where'd you kill him yeah okay where's the body how come there's no evidence yeah exactly how come there is zero evidence you know maybe lucas could say i you know put him in a vat of sulfuric acid and you know got rid of the body that way but you know still where where is it how'd you do it where's the weapon yeah. Now, on the one hand, it's certainly surprising what Lucas is doing here. But you know, on the other hand, it sort of follows with you know the, his character to this point. But but Towns, who has gone from a meltdown to Mission Impossible at, at this point, and you know, we first get that sweet scene as he and Zoe are talking via Skype about her impending visit to his house and they're going over all the house rules for the game right. they're going to play and, well yeah and the, the game is Catan. i just played that um two nights ago for the first time we did it that game is awesome oh okay i, yeah. I never really heard of it i wasn't even sure if it was a real game it, yeah it, it is for sure and um i hadn't heard of it uh, until it's like right before christmas so i got it for my wife 
because she likes doing family game night and we play it last night and it was great it is like the coolest game lots of fun okay well she also recognizes the enterprise model with the correct detailed designation which was cool but after they hang up he gets that email that's got the video from sam and it's the classic if you're watching this i'm probably dead right and he sends him the coordinates so that he can go get all the files he's got on teleporters and their operations and and of course at that point we're still seeing the meltdown towns i don't know that i was expecting him to actually go to the storage facility but this is towns it's almost like it's it's too intriguing for him to walk away well, and, well, right and and also he had this role as the sidekick right he had like a purpose and then that kind of got blown up and he was freaking out because basically he felt he no longer had a purpose and now all of a sudden he's got a purpose again right and i love the fact that he doesn't involve anybody else because he knows it's dangerous and I think he, maybe more so than either Jenna or certainly Henry, I think really understands now the danger they're in. I mean, maybe you could argue Henry does because of all the time she spent with Nikolai. And I guess you could argue Jenna has met Nikolai and, you know, stuck a knife in his back. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they certainly understand fairly that familiar there's danger. With the danger yeah. yeah. Right. But that's not like seeing a video from this guy that if you're watching it, I'm probably dead. And then we see towns making his own version of Sam's video. If you're watching this, I'm probably dead. And he's just so cool, calm and collected as he's making it. Yeah. And it's, well, it's also really emotional because, you know, in this video, he's basically telling all the people in his life that he's close to what they mean to him. Right. So there's a lot of kind of emotional heft in that, that scene there. Yeah. Now, if we knew, well, of course we know now that there is no season three, but I think when they made this episode, they perhaps thought there would be a season three. What I'm getting at is we see the image of Nikolai unconscious maybe dead on his motel room floor uh, the spent factor syringes lying around and then the two cleaners come in <laughs> i love the the uh females got the leg brace on i guess yeah, as a result of yeah. <laughs> him having shot her yeah but retrospect they probably put something in those syringes to knock him out they probably knew he would go after that. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, they the yeah. whole thing was a complete setup to get him to steal the the syringes. Um, someone should have let that girl know, so maybe she might not have been quite so aggressive and got herself shot in the leg. Right. But yeah, you know, it was obviously set up. They knew he was going to go after him. He did, and they, you know, obviously tagged him with something either that has knocked him out. Or killed him. You know, we don't really know. I was trying to see if there was like his chest was rising. Are there any indications of, of life in him? I'm pretty sure we're. I, I mean, I, I doubt he's been killed. I, you know, that if, especially if they're planning on having a third season, like you don't just. I don't know if you kill Nikolai off already. Um, 
Right. But, but uh, yeah, but I also love how it's it's counterpointed against Towns and the video he's made where he's also leaving goodbye messages for Jenna and then Henry and that that final statement thank you for trusting me and confiding in me and then of course he you know you, i guess the last message he leaves is for zoe but um just i guess if there's any character in this show that i think is the ultimate hero it's towns and and that's not to take away from what some of the others have done but i don't know just towns yeah well, he's certainly the one that we, we've we've never really been annoyed with Towns, you know. Right, he's always exactly. been solid. All the other characters at one point or another really annoyed me. So, in another instance in this episode, you know, they're showing us two scenes as they go back and forth, and and it's the opening scene when Cleo's interviewing for jobs, and it it's sort of heartbreaking because yeah, it's clear she's being turned down because she has a lack of education. Well, and here I think the problem, Dave, is that she has the word resume at the top of her resume. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably most people, that's a non-starter right there. Yeah, and, and, and I guess, again, that speaks to the, the I guess, the naivete uh, that, that she has about going into the serious work world or the, uh, I don't know what else to call it, uh, the business world. And we know as she tries to you know use the the fact that she is a good worker she is a fast learner and that's yeah. that's just not going to cut it and right right which just does, she doesn't have the experience and the experience she does have and like uh reason for a termination of employment um my boss shot me fbi raid <laughs> yeah, right. but I, I love how her interviews are contrasted against henry who teleports to the top of that local water tower and the music that's playing the, the one lyric that I keep hearing is I'm on top of the world. And, you know, obviously Henry is literally on top of the world. Uh, Mom is just struggling to climb up the ladder and is having absolutely no success. I mean, we could even argue that she's, she's falling backwards and, and, uh, you know, eventually she goes back to the, her old diner. And again, uh, I mean, I, I get Iris kind of yeah. giving her the stink eye because sure. Iris was sleeping with Bill. Right. And Cleo's like, well, I wasn't sleeping with Bill. And I don't know. I, I, I guess to begrudge a fellow worker trying to better herself, yeah, that's not a good look. It's a small diner in a small town. You know, Cleo left. I hired someone else. So, you know. Right. And, you know, so she walks away. She's still got her dignity. Of course, she's hurt. Lucas is waiting to see her. And again, the last time she saw Lucas, he kidnapped her after that gunfight. Now, to be fair, I think she understood. She really wasn't in danger from Lucas. He was a danger to himself at that point. We had that great scene we talked about at the time when she talks him down from, you know, where it appeared he might put the gun to his own head, but, but of course he doesn't. And he thanks her for essentially saving his spiritual life. 
and he's got a lot of baggage. There's no question, you know, in, in terms of deaths on his hands. I mean, Henry's got Bill's death on her hands, but not really. Because she kind of took his hand to somewhere else. But. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that. Yeah, because well, that, that's funny because, but actually, well, like when he's talking to Henry later, you know, it's it's they're kind of bonding over their culpability in Amos's death. You know, right? You know, and, and then and we'll we'll talk about Grady, her coworker at the pizza place, in a little bit, but. You know, she and mom are are eating fast food in the car after the big blow up at Thomas's house. And she gets that text from Grady asking if she's okay and whether he did something wrong. And, And, you know, we'll get to that in a second as well. And mom says, you're not a bad influence or a bad person. Henry recognizes that, you know, she totally betrayed Jenna. And that line that mom says, well, we Coles women are complicated I think you mean flawed, mom. And, yeah. and, and they really are, but I guess you have to feel as if they're trying. And, and we've talked about that, that, yeah, they are flawed, but, but they're trying. And, and then that last scene when they're back in her room and uh, lying on her bed, and Cleo apologizes for never giving her a home. And, you know, the title of the episode, The Tether, which, you know, we know, applies to her bedroom as the tether for her teleporting but then to tie it into you know mom you're my home you're what makes me feel safe i'm tethered to you i I just love that henry brings it i don't want to say full circle but includes that as you know part of her world at this point i mean you know right it's it's just so much so refreshing to see Henry here as not being this pissy little shit who's going off on everyone for no reason. She's passed that torch to Jenna, apparently. And that she has now the ability, and you know, probably mostly from both her mom's support, but also the the mentoring of, of Nikolai, you know, she's taken a broader view of the world and she's not so self-absorbed and you know at that dinner scene when jenna's like all you care about is yourself and you just bring everyone you suck everyone into your your stuff well that's true and not true you know like jenna kind of went into this with her eyes wide open no one forced her to help henry out so it's kind of unfair of her to say that you know it's, it's funny i find myself agreeing with henry now and she says you know jenna like not everything's not my fault you know like you have to deal with your own shit and i'm like yeah that's that's true right and you know this this innocent dinner that thomas goes to great lengths so that he can ask cleo to marry him even though he's kind of already done that just i guess just to make it official in front of the girls he's got a ring and all of that and and it just turns into a disaster and and as you said jenna's resentment towards henry finally boils over and fred brings this up in his feedback so now's probably as good a time as any to address it she blames henry because she's failing all her classes (laughs) And, and fred brings up 
How is that even possible? And, and yeah. I think you and I both know it's not. It's not even remotely that, and, and not even from being an educator and knowing that, like the guidance counselor just sees it. Oh, Jenna, by the way, come on, come in, let's talk. Like none of the teachers talk to her. You see your straight A student now dropping to an F in a matter of weeks, and you don't, you don't think of talking to the kid about it a little bit. Like that's the thing. Like Jenna is like surprised. I don't know. It was just such a. I mean, I just got to put this one in the writers. It was just a terrible, terrible decision in the writing room for that to be the big issue. Like when she comes to dinner and, you know, Henry is smiling and Jenna is pouting, which was a complete reversal of almost every other scene we've seen with these two. And we, the last time we saw Jenna, like the guidance counselor pulled her into the main office. So we're like, oh, well, what did they talk to her about? I mean, are the police trying to get to Henry through Jenna now and everything? But, oh, no. It's just that she's failing unrealistically. You know, it was just such a, uh, you know, it just, it, it almost made me laugh, honestly, when, well, I, well, right. when it happened. It was just too, like, just ridiculous, too, well, too beyond belief. You know? Well, we know it's probably the third quarter, right? Because we know earlier in the in the series that there was snow on the ground, and now there's not, and we see Henry going outside in a T-shirt in a couple of scenes. So, so let's say for the sake of argument, everything we know about Jenna, she had straight A's the first half of the year. So for the sake of argument, even if she was failing all her classes now, what would that drag her down to a B? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, again, let's not belabor that, as you said. Right. It's but just, the, the uh, whole thing is just like, so this is what triggers her. Right to just completely go off and to basically to force Henry's hand. Like, I mean, yeah, it really sucked that Henry spurred out Jenna's gay, but Jenna was about to blurt out that Henry can travel through space. Well, that's the question. I mean, Jenna says you just use people up and spit them out. You, ex- you know exactly what you are, which is then a call back to, you know, Henry even, you know, wondering what it is she is. And when Jenna says, you know exactly what you are, I don't think she means teleporter. I think she just means a selfish individual. And they square off and it almost looks like they're going to come to blows for a second. And we're not sure what she's going to reveal, you know, like you just said about Henry. But of course, she's too slow. Jenna's gay. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly... It's like everything turns to slow motion in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And and did, I I mean, the whole thing is just so ridiculous, you know, like you see Thomas setting up and all these preparations, you know, well, this clearly is not going to go well. Like I can tell you already. And, you know, but that's just the, the the stars. That's a good setup, but we, we see it happen. We see, we see enough television to know that, when someone goes through a lot of trouble to get dinner ready, that it's going to all get thrown in, in his or her face and it's just going to be a disaster. But I mean, the whole thing, like for the reason why Jen is so petulant to, you know, Henry default blurting out that she's gay. It's just, it's, uh, you know, I mean, these are the things when, and, and now you say this guy wrote Vita Moore's, that's, <laughs> that's 
bringing that up bad memories. It. <laughs> <laughs> explains it. It's just so, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go too much because I, I probably have already. For the most part, I did like this episode, but that scene was just ridiculous. And, and because I, I think you have an opportunity there for when Jenna comes out of the principal's office that, let's say, like, Fisher was there. Fisher was trying to grill her or something like that. Like, that would be cool. That's something you could work on, right? But no, they just tell her she's failing, so she has a fit and, you know, and throws a temper tantrum, like, and blaming Henry for it. Like, it just didn't work. You know, again, it's one of those times when it pulls you out. Like, now I no longer, my my disbelief is is, is fully active at this point. I'm no longer suspending my disbelief. Right. Disbelief is just all over the place right now well right because we know they all attend school on a semi-regular basis because we see them there even henry and again as anybody that's been to school knows just going is half the battle fine don't do your homework but you're going to at least do the work the teacher gives you while you're in class and there'd be no reason to think jenna would uh, just say yeah f you i'm not doing this yeah well and I'm pretty sure we've had a number of scenes where we've seen Jenna doing her homework. So right. it's like, I'm pretty, especially early on, I think that was like a big thing. So, it, I mean, and, and honestly, nowadays in the age of, you know, digital information and all kids' grades being kept online, for Jenna to be like surprised that she's failing and, and for no one to know and for no one to have called thomas about it or for no teacher to have talked to jenna before about this it's just all of it it's just too crazy it's just so it's it's like like i said they, they could have had a real good conflict they could have added in here with whatever happened in that office and they completely fumbled the ball well they if, came up with something ludicrous well if all they wanted to have happen ultimately is Henry and Jenna have that meltdown at dinner. All it would have to be is over what happened with towns. Right. And, and just go from there. And we're fine with that. That makes sense. But yeah. anyway, let's, let's go ahead and leave that. We could go on for, <laughs> we could, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the other thing that it, this episode I think shows, and, and this is again, something Fred brings up in his feedback is that, Henry seems to be acting and reacting differently. And if that is the case, what's been the impetus for this? And and we see, and I think we mentioned this once before, but we really see it in this episode. She's actually a really good worker. Right. And her co-worker, Grady, you know, the two of them are talking about aspirations. She admits she's a muralist and might go to art school which then takes us back to when Jenna brings her the brochure for art school and, and, you know, she doesn't want to act like she's interested, but we see her at the time looking through it up in her room. But that mural of Venice that's on the restaurant wall, which is terribly mediocre. And I don't know if Grady painted it or, you know, if, if he just, feels some sort of ownership. I mean, we don't know how long he's worked there or anything like that, but it was too. Yeah. But see, here's my problem though. So we assume Grady's parents probably were kids in the seventies. 
and saw Sanford and Son, and they still went ahead and named their kid <laughs> Grady. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Grady was a hilarious character. He's one of my favorites, but I don't know if I'm going to go naming my kid after him. Though. Well, you know, the, the fact that it's of Venice and Henry ends up talking to him about, you know, the connection that she has with Barcelona and how she would like to go to Barcelona. And this is an opening that we've never really seen from Henry. She's never really related how she feels about things. And of course, but that is a solid, solid choice from where to go. I mean, that, that's a great, no question. And it's also got a backstory to it that she tells Grady about, but we're wondering whether there's maybe some sort of a relationship brewing here. Is she planning to use him for something, which, certainly would not be beyond what Henry's uh, used to doing. But, you know, later, you know, we see them kind of lean in to kiss. And then she, you know, flashes back to the incident with Clay. And, and, and clearly, uh, you know, as she tells Nikolai, I thought I was over that. And, you know, she runs out of the pizza place. He goes after her. And, of course, she's poofed back to her bedroom and wow what a violent landing that was that was, that was a tough scene you know and that was a good scene i mean good like well done so i know i just ripped up the the dinner scene but but this one um you can see this happening you know when when you know you see them you know it's kind of like a meet cute you know they're they're kids they're nice looking kids they're nice kids you know he leans in for that kiss you're like Oh, you know, but obviously Gray doesn't know he's following an impulse is would exist in many teenagers to, you know, kiss an attractive teenager that's with you, uh, close to you and that you're feeling a connection with. So, you know, nothing wrong there. He doesn't do anything wrong. But, you know, you know, here you, you really feel sorry for both of them, well, especially Henry, who's just like, when when's this all going to stop i I can't even exactly when's this going to stop when can i kiss a a cute boy yeah you know not not necessarily going to go anywhere else but just to kiss a a boy that i want to kiss when's that going to happen so what what does she have to do to exercise clay from her consciousness And, and what's the ultimate uh, result of this incident is that she goes to visit Nikolai at his motel room. All right, fine. You know, what do I have to do? And, you know, she obviously freaked out about what happened with Grady and Nikolai, it got to love him. He, he, he tells her the truth, uh, no matter how brutal it might be gets worse before it gets better. If that's any consolation, <laughs> uh, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> But it should at least be a little bit like ultimately it will get better. You this won't be happening right. forever. And I and I love But unfortunately it's gotta get yeah, worse I first. I love the fact that he opens up to her as well. Again, something we really haven't seen before. Explains that he was tethered to the apartment, but he's been able to, you know, divorce himself from that. Tells her about his uncle seeing him as a ghost. And while he doesn't really go into the details that even though his his uncle saw him as a ghost, he wasn't above 
utilizing him to steal things from people. And then she asks about an angel, which obviously she's thinking about what Lucas said. Well, do you feel like an angel? Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great. Like, yeah, let's 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 work the metrics out on this right. one. Now, you know, we, we already talked about the meltdown at dinner, but you know, one of the things, what does Jenna expect Henry to do? Mom, I'm a teleporter. I, I yeah. mean, I, I just yeah, well, like yeah, Jenna's idea that we just tell tell them the truth, tell them what's going on. It's like, like wait, yeah. what? You know, like that, like how? And even if you, like, yeah, like you said, like we're telling the truth. Like you saw where that got Anna, right? Like that, it just, that it's, it that just does not work out at all. It wouldn't work out. And it would put conceivably, well, not conceivably, most likely Thomas and Cleo in more right. danger. Because A, she would have to give a demonstration and then B, you know, we know that Elaine and her goons are hot on Henry's trail. So, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's an interesting episode. I mean, there's a lot there. There's certainly some major flaws that, that we've talked about. But I, I think, you know, the scene with Towns and finding Sam's materials, making the video of his own, just, just the, the bravery the willingness to you know really be there for Henry and, and I think by extension Jenna is just so I don't know just such a wonderful thing to see out of towns and you know Henry opening up a little bit with Grady with Nikolai uh, you know I mean we only got two episodes to go and unfortunately we know that's it and you know without giving too much away I'll just say that you know, the the final episode, I mean, it can function as a series finale. Yeah, but it doesn't, from reading, it doesn't sound like they were expecting this. No, I don't think so. So I don't think that, I'm not expecting there to be like really resolution at the end of the season, you know, because I'm thinking that they totally expected to be doing a season three and just kind of went along with that. Yeah. Well, Den of Geek is big on articles the ending explained so we're, we're gonna have to do our best to explain this ending uh, what what it means in context what it means as a series finale even though that's not what they planned but hey that's what they pay us the big money for so, uh-huh. all right anything else you want to bring up before we well a couple things okay well first of all you mentioned how good a waitress she is but yet she brings the pizza out. She has a paper plate sitting on top of the pizza. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. If I saw that, I'd be like, what the? F-? Like, no, take this pizza back. Like, were you kidding me? Like, you you want to put the cups on top of there too? You know, maybe, maybe some na- dirty napkins. <laughs> the pizza is not a transportation device. <laughs> you bring out okay. the plates first. All right. And then you bring out Fair the enough. pizza. Fair enough. You know, that's just, so she was doing a pretty good job otherwise, but that to me, that's a no-go. Wendy Jacobson called Anna to tell her that, that Bill had, had, was now dead. Do you know who Wendy Jacobson is? 
Well, that's Lucas's. Uh, oh, okay, all right. See, all right. Right. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I, I was like, I know that someone I'm supposed to know, but I can't remember who it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. That might be. Well, except for towns, and even Sam says, "Don't click on random links." Like kids, when you get an email, you're not sure where it's from, and it gives you a link to click on to. Do not click that link. Yeah, maybe sometimes it's going to be, if you're watching this, I'm dead video, but most times we're going to be malware. So, yeah. Listen to your Uncle Wayne. I was going to say, it's a good tip. <laughs> and and like I, we did say, because like, I actually just happened to hit pause when it had Cleo's resume. They're showing the shot of it. And it did say resume at the top. So I'm sure they just did that for the sake of the watcher understanding that she was looking at Cleo's resume, but still, yeah, don't. Because otherwise, we couldn't have figured out what it was. Yeah. So second tip from your Uncle Wayne kids out there, when you are making your resume, do not put the word resume at the top of your resume. For other resume writing tips, contact me at scifitvrewatch.com. Um, the, the last thing is uh, the, uh, the thing that Cleo gets from the state of New York. Oh, the divorce decree. It's a divorce. Okay, right. Because I, I didn't pause that one to see what it was, but I assumed it was the divorce, right? Yeah, and and the look on her face. We're not sure whether it's a look of regret or you know, a look of joy. I mean, well, she starts crying. So yeah, that's yeah, that's not great. So, but at least she can put that one to rest, I suppose, and and move on. Although <laughs> the relationship with Thomas is uh, in a fragile state at this point so well, we which is see. which is the next thing i'm going to say like we commented before and i i actually find it kind of funny now how they make thomas this guy who can't shut up and just puts his foot in his mouth and obviously like at this point thomas you should not join jenna in saying how awful henry is if you ever want to have sex again then you need to understand to keep your mouth shut I don't know why he was already married once. He must have had plenty of opportunities to learn to shut his mouth, even though he wanted to speak up. But apparently, he just never learned how to do that. No. Yep, that's and a bad so, one. And so his his girl is up there sleeping in his daughter's bedroom instead of his, and that's probably going to continue for a while. All right, you ready to hear what Fred's got? Sure. All right, we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse Season 2, Episode 8. I have to make a remark first. I'm recording this without having listened to the previous podcast. I really am missing my one hour cycling per day to listen to podcasts. But today is Sunday and I'm going to cycle to work because I really need some paperwork that's lying around there. So even in the digital time or in the corona time, working at home, I'm already working 12 days at home, you sometimes really need your paperwork. So I will cycle to my university hospital, get my papers, cycle back. So I have an hour of listening. And that will be Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Perhaps I even will add something to this recording when I'm back. Because I have heard something in your previous podcast I want to react to. And then I can say, as usual, 
First off, I want to come back to last week's podcast. Okay, on episode 8, I really have the impression that Henry is feeling differently. It starts with she having fun with this water tower and spray painting there. And you see that she gets more and more control over her teletransport. Although a little later, when she gets a little bit romantic with that guy in the pizza restaurant, she realizes that her control is still not 100%. And the nice thing is that she does go to Nikolai for advice and talk with him about it. So she's starting to see him really as a kind of mentor and not as the enemy. But in the discussions with Jenna, especially at that dinner table... I think Jenna was the awful one there and not so much Henry. And I felt so bad for Thomas. He did so his best to make a nice dinner, want to propose and then everything goes wrong. Everybody is shouting at each other and blaming each other and well, it results in the bonding of Cleo and Henry again a little bit where she says my home is not a place but it's you mom. And I think that was very nice. I mentioned it before. I really get irritated and now even more that we don't get any explanation why Nikolai need this so-called factor. And as it seems after every jump he makes. And this was also his downfall now because he got new factor but obviously it was a tranquilizer instead of his factor. And of course you can imagine what annoyed me also. It's more in the area of all the computers on and screens on in the computer lab in last episode. Yes, the spray cans that Henry left there just under the water tower. Not just waste, even toxic waste. Whoa. But you have to say, what she painted was very nice. Okay, I have to stop recording here for a while. I just have to go up and down to my work to get some paperwork. Till later. Okay, that was a nice cycle tour. Half hour to work, half hour back. And I could nicely listen to your podcast about episode 7. So the world almost looked... (coughs) Oh, that's a corona. (coughs) Half cough. Oh, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm not coughing, actually. And not all day. Um, but the world was very strange. I wanted to say it was almost normal. Nicely cycling, nicely listening to the podcast. But the streets were empty. Everything was empty. The square in front of the main train station was completely empty. Streets were empty. Crossings were empty. And you should know, the Netherlands is a very crowded country. So it had a very surreal kind of feeling, almost from some kind of apocalyptic movie. I sent you some pictures of it by Facebook direct messages. Okay, back to the episode. Again, in this episode, Lucas was surprising. As well, in his talk to Cleo, I really thought he would spill the beans on Henry's capabilities to her mother, but he didn't. And on the other hand, he declared that he killed his father. That was also very unexpected. 
And it was a kind of penance for him to land up in jail, but just for another murder than the one he did commit. I wondered, by the way, if the sixth candle Nikolai put there in the church in Bucharest is for Henry. Final topic you certainly can clarify for me is that Jenna is telling during that dinner that she's failing school. Well, she was one of the brightest students in that class, and perhaps the last few weeks she has some shit and is not performing as she should. But how can you be failing just by a few weeks, if your notes are before that very high? Don't they use an average, an average per year or whatever? Doesn't she have any chance to put up her grades anymore? Is the school year almost over? Okay, you can surely clarify that for me. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Um, you know, one of the things that that Fred brings up, I mean, he always gives us a little update on the coronavirus and you know the impact in, in the Netherlands, and and I think you even pointed out uh, last time that that Fred has told us that Netherlands is pretty densely populated, but he, he mentions about that surreal feeling of the empty streets and you know i've seen several pictures and videos uh, over the last few days of new york city and, and some other cities and it's just so i mean surreal is the right word and i started thinking like man this would be a great time for some filmmakers to grab their cameras go yeah. out in the street and just film some deserted street footage to have for the next post-apocalyptic movie or alien uh, invasion or whatever but yeah it really is a surreal feeling just to see those i can imagine what it must be like to you know to ride a bike i mean we're not there yet even though our governor has issued a stay-at-home order i mean you still can go to the grocery store and you know so there are still going to be cars on the road i would certainly stay at home unless you really really have to go out so please yeah yeah. Uh, now he also brings up Nikolai lighting that sixth candle and whether or not it's for Henry. I, I would think yes, and, and that's also the candle that's brand new and, and and much taller than all the other candles. So uh, that certainly makes sense, and and I think you're right there, Fred, for that one. Yeah. Um, well, also the thing you know what struck me that scene is he prays like well, that. You know, like, wow, like after all he's been through and all he's done, he still prays like, wow. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I was trying to remember if we've seen him cross himself before. I feel like we have, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just remembering this episode from my first watch. Well, we I think we have, or maybe we have, but I don't think we've seen it since the uh the, you know the episode about him where we find out his backstory okay okay um all right anything else about fred's feedback i think several of the things we we talked about yeah uh, particularly um, jenna failing yeah we, we totally did i did also notice as he did that henry just leaves the well first of all the tag she puts up in that water tower is awesome oh um, yeah but then she just walks away with all the paint cans thrown on the ground i started counting them at one point i think there's probably close to 20 which then i thought 
there's no damn way she could fit that many cans in that bag (laughs) she carries. Right, right. Highly (laughs) unlikely. And and extremely irresponsible to to leave them just lying on the ground. Yeah. So So agree with that. Also, Fred, I don't know. It might be the coughing joke. It might be a little... A little too soon, I think, maybe. Uh, no, nah, I liked it. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, but... Uh, oh, last I, thing. Sorry, yeah. one thing. We, we didn't mention about uh, Jenna and her grades. Like, seriously, Jenna, you're not taking, like, band or art or gym? Like, none of those classes? She's failing all her classes, but you don't have at least one class in there that's not, like, a class like you, you know... Well, we we know those kids, you know. I mean, those kids, they're taking ninth grade PE and health in the summer before ninth grade so that they can pad their GPA with more academic courses. Right. So maybe she's one of those kids. Well, no more class rank, though. So some people, I think, are going to maybe stop doing that. Now, is that a result of the... Yeah. pandemic or oh no 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 this is they made that decision last year oh geez. anyway uh don't even get me started so what are you <laughs> going what are you going with for a grade i'm I'm gonna go b plus oh i'm thinking just i was thinking b minus but i think there's enough good in here to just give it a b okay all right fair enough only two to go and then we will let you guys know what we're planning we, we've been talking a little bit well yeah i think we should be able to know by next time and uh-huh. of course we always got the fallback to post it in the facebook group but <laughs> right it will be something because we it looks like we've got nine weeks before dark returns assuming you know they've got all their editing and post-production stuff done which um hoping the indications i've had from actors instagram accounts seems to indicate that uh that will be the case so we shall see but all right all right well listen that's going to do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about impulse you've got dark on the horizon anything else going on in genre tv open to suggestions for what we cover in that nine week interim encourage you to join the facebook group if you want to shoot us an email the address is sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail, either record your own the way Fred does each week and send it as an attachment, or you can go to our website, sci-fi tv rewatch.podbean.com, and there's a leave voicemail tab over on, I think it's on the right side, I forget. We'll be back next time to discuss Impulse Season 2, Episode 9, titled A Moment of Clarity. But until then... You know what, Dave? I'm a better man now because of you. And thank you for not pressing charges. <laughs> <laughs>